1: in there, but I think it's important because sometimes when you hear that phrase over and over again that'll stay with you as you face challenges it's not my will but thy will be done and god is in control of everything we cannot control but remember the kind of god who is in control of this is a god who loves us unconditionally just the way we are and that he is always good to us he's faithful to all of his promises and that he gives us all the power necessary to fulfill his will in our life and so god is so good you know, we've been studying what we call the ABCs of character building, and really all we're doing is looking at various character traits. And today, after much prayer, we're ending up on the word endurance, the letter E for endurance today. And so what we're going to do is talk a little bit about that. And I hope that maybe today would be a great time for you to be encouraged. You heard me say a few minutes ago, just to encourage you once again, that we very well could be heading into some very challenging times with our jobs. And of course, when that happens for a man, when a man begins to either lose his job or he's in sales and he's not doing very well, or he's not seen the results that he likes, he's often tied to his job, and his self-esteem is all tied up in that, and that caused a great deal of fear for that man, especially for the men who really assume appropriately their responsibility to provide for their family, and so when their jobs begin to look not so promising, that really causes them to have a lot of um, fear in their life, and sometimes they do the when they have the fear, they flee when they have that fear. And they could have some challenges. And ladies, that doesn't leave you out either. I'm sure at the same time, as you look at taking care of your children and providing for them as well from your perspective and your world, and some of you also work in the world of work outside, that you too may be feeling some challenges. And so I'd like to give a message today from God's Word on how to biblically endure the hardships that you and I may very well go through. In fact, it is my personal opinion. That often the Lord allows us to go through these hardships, to cause us to drill deeper into his word, to know more him better, as well as to receive from him the grace, the mercy, and the power so that we can sustain in these times of hardships, but then come out ahead with a spirit of joy through it all. You know, the secular worldview does that pretty well in some cases. Athletes who want to win will do all sorts of things to accomplish their goal of winning. How many of you remember back when the Olympics were in Los Angeles and that poor lady was unable to perhaps finish the race because she was dehydrated as she came into the Coliseum, she was wobbling back and forth and she was so far behind everyone else. How about the other race who was watching the son fall and the father saw him fall so he came alongside his son and picked him up and together they finished the race. And when they did that... They thought that the dad wanted the son to win the race. He says, no, I just wanted my son to have the feeling of accomplishment that he was able to complete the race. He won the race because he completed the race. And then I think of soldiers that are out in the the terrible battle and how that they have to endure hardships just to survive. Let me ask you a question. How many of you received through the internet some picture or some little video that showed guys that were out there sleeping in in muddy piles of, of, of water or sleeping on their backpacks and they're saying, you think about these men the next time you go to bed? How many have seen pictures like that? All of you have. And I'm thinking they're enduring hardships just to survive. And then I think of others that have endured hardships, maybe because they had other motives. Michelangelo is told that while he was painting that beautiful Sistine Chapel, that he would often go days without ever eating because he wanted to complete that chapel with a sense of perfection that he had. So maybe he endured hardness, but he had a different reason to do that. And that brings us now to this point there are a lot of people there's a plethora of real life illustrations of people that were physically challenged or or financially challenged or socially challenged but they stayed with it and they came out on top and we might want to parade those people as being our great examples because they endured to the end and if you're going to compare them to those who quit i would say that they did a great job as i look back over my life i'm sure like you can too you could find particular video shots of times that you wish you stayed on a particular job you stayed on a on a team or a situation or a project but you didn't endure hardship and you walked away from it and even today there's that little bit of regret that you didn't complete it probably none than this one man who decided to leave his family to go after the gold that was in california and as he headed to those gold in the gold rush days he took the little money that he had and he bought himself a little burrow and a pickaxe and the little pan and all that was necessary to go into those hills where all the money was and so he was chipping away and chipping away chipping away with an old map that someone had given to him He did it for so long, and all he did was to get skin knuckles, and he was starving, and there was no gold, no flakes, no stones, no nuggets, nothing. And so he decided that this wasn't for him, and he had walked away from all of that. He came back into town, and he gave his donkey away, gave his pickaxe away, gave the pan away, and he left it all. Well, there was some man that picked it up and Found that old crumpled map, and he decided to go back into the same mountainous area where that guy did. And for whatever reason, didn't cost him anything, he too started to chip away. And this is a true story. Within a matter of just a few feet, he struck the nation's largest gold vein that we've had in history. And all I could think is that one man didn't complete. He didn't endure to the end to finally get to that final bit of goal that he could have had. So if I compare this guy who quit to the others out here that didn't quit, I'd say those who didn't quit, they did a pretty good job. There are those even in America today. They're quitting jobs. They're quitting teams. They're quitting marriages. They're quitting their commitments. And we're seeing the result of all of that today. But I'd like to submit something else to you because I don't want this to be a message on keep on fighting the good fight and keep on being great. You can do it and then parade great people before you as our examples because I can't judge their motives. But it's highly likely that the majority of them were doing it either for a sense of I want to get this done or I want to be an example to the next group that has the same struggles that I have or maybe it is for fame or money or maybe they had a parent or, or a significant other that was pushing them into that. I don't know what was their ultimate goal. But it's highly likely, and I think most of you will agree, that there was only a small minority that really did it for the purpose of bringing great glory to the Lord and to use whatever accomplishment they had, not only for that self bit of praise, and maybe the money and the fame and get their name in a book, but they did it so that they would have a greater platform so that when people would speak to them, that they could give all the glory to the Lord, and particularly the simple plan of salvation, so others could authentically enter into the glory of the Lord. There's very few of those people. So today, folks... If I was to give my last sermon to you, and I'm not, I'm hopefully not, unless the Lord comes back, I would want to give you a message that you guys, that you do endure whatever struggles you're going through. Whatever you're going through on your job, you teenagers, whatever you're struggling with, maybe you're overloaded with a voluminous amount of homework, a struggle to get ahead on the team. Some of you are struggling with your health, you senior saints. And I want you to come out on top but not just to win it for the great or to keep your job or to get a few extra bucks or to make it through to the next day, but that we would do it with a sense of joy, not like the old Western cowboy who gets shot and he's got this pain and he's been afflicted by all of this, and they're ready to relieve the pain, but they get him to what? Bite on a bullet while they they burn the knife and they take out that other bullet out of him. We're not to bite the bullet as Christians. As we go through these challenges, we're to do it with a real sense of joy. And today, folks, I don't want to just tell you to do this. I want to come alongside you, and you come alongside me. And with the biblical principles and the proper motivation, we can endure these things as long as God wants us to for His glory. So I hope it's going to be a blessing for you as it was for me. You'll notice that I wrote there for you it says, Yet Christians are a new breed by virtue of the new birth and therefore should and can endure hardness. And if I could add a phrase, I would say, with joy. And I'll show us how to do that in a moment. But let's take a, not an IQ test, but an EQ test. Look at the questions we have here. It says, how long do I go before I give in to temptation? Maybe I don't endure long enough and I give in to that temptation. Number two, have I continued in a stressful situation? without giving up and some of you might be going through a stressful situation but you're not going to call it quits you're not going to leave your mate you're not going to run after some little plastic grass we might say out there number three do i have a god-given desire in my life i am willing to die for put a star by that one so much so it's such a purpose that you know that god has called you it's like your personal calling it's your personal purpose And you know what it is because you've discovered it in God. And you're willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish that by the grace of God, for the glory of God. Here's number four. Has my mate or my children seen me giving in to an appetite when they know I'm trying to abstain? In other words, I didn't endure that. I gave in to that appetite. And I have one more because I don't want to leave our young people out. And maybe for the parents, it will go like this. Do I allow my kids to walk away from an assignment which they think may seem too difficult for them? Now, I know that question could be massaged in different ways, and there are things that could be too difficult. We don't want them to do something beyond their capability and then fail at it, and they'll feel the guilt. But at the same time, do we have our kids give up too soon? And we are raising or rearing another generation of potential quitters or people that only want to have a life of ease. For this world system will really give us plenty of escapes from hardships, but they will never give us the biblical principles of how to endure hardships like the Lord will. Well, for us to look at endurance, I went back to the dictionary, and of course, Funk and Wagnall says that endurance is the act or capacity of bearing up as under hardship or prolonged stress. Now, I'm sure all of you could look to a parent or a grandparent or someone out in your world that has done that. That would be an enduring person. Noah Webster, that was the first dictionary of the English language. His definition is this, a continuing under pain or distress without resistance or without yielding to the pressure. And here's a side note for some of you. When you study the life of Noah Webster, you will find that he endured his passion to create a dictionary of the American language that took him on a journey of 36 years, and he crossed the ocean twice to do his research to put together our very first dictionary. Here's one who endured whatever it was to be able to keep his day job and yet do this, and we have it today, and many of you homeschoolers even use that dictionary as one of your many primary resource tools to help your kids understand definitions of words. And then we could go to the Old Testament, and I went through a composite of Strong's Concordance, Brown, Driver, and Briggs Theological Workbook of the Old Testament, and putting all those words together, I came up with some just as a smattering for you. Various nuances of the word endurance there would be endure, remain, stand, and even stand like a column or a pillar. In Kuleo'o, for some of you that don't know, that word means rumbling or thundering wind. And I know that none of you live in Kuleo'o. Only a few of you probably have been to our home when we had the wind. But when we have the wind, it comes up over the mountains from the um, windward side of the island. And just like an airfoil, it'll come down the mountain and shoot right through our neighborhood. And our house happens to be up on the hill of the street. Our house is a two-story house, kind of a split-level two-story house. Our bedroom is on the second floor. I'm going to tell you, there have been times we have come home with our windows just cracked and our drapes blown off the wall, no joke. We have been in the house when I close the windows because it's so windy, and the windows will rattle all night long. I'm laying there in bed next to Carol, and I'm wondering, is our house going to be able to withstand the pressure of this wind as it comes through Coolio down the valley like one big shoot? Well, that's a column, and I use that as an illustration for people like you and me, here in our little special church, that as we are assaulted by the winds of challenges through finances, fitness, friends, foes, whatever it might come into your world, that you would stand strong by his power and you endure whatever might come out that way with a spirit of joy and real purpose to bring glory to him. Now with that, I went to the Greek. And there between four and five Greek words depends on how that Greek person would want to translate it. But one means to bear up courageously under. In other words, you don't just buckle under and I'm just going to do it, I've got to do it. No, it's I do it courageously. Another word means to bear along or to carry it. It refers to such things as testings, persecutions. And listen to this, even grief. One of my greatest hobbies I have and the joys that I have is reading the biographies of great men and women who have gone before us, taking the gospel all over the world. It's amazing how many of these biographies, number one, would be a single person who was grieving the fact that they never got a mate and they had to go through life by themselves. Indeed, even in that spirit of grief, they still gave God glory. Or I saw people that were married. Who had children, and how many of them had to bury their children at sea as they were coming across the Pacific or around the uh, Good Hope. How many of them buried them in their backyard? You go right now to Kauai Hau Church, and you look in that cemetery. You go on the North Shore, and you see the cemetery there, and you're going to see how many little children that missionaries who said, I'm saying goodbye to family. I'm going to a distant land that I've never seen before to give the gospel to people who probably don't even want it. And I only have that I can call my own. My only sense of place would be my children and they're gone. And yet they never closed their Bible and climbed into the next ship to head back home again. What gave them that? Whatever that is, I want I may never be a great missionary. I know I never will be. And I pray I don't have to go through the same struggles that they did. But whatever I go through, I want to bear up with that same endurance that they had. Another word means to be long-tempered. It means you don't bend easily. Finally, another one means to suffer hardship and to take your suffering. Well, I'd like to give to you now, so if you'd like to write this down, out of everything that I've said, a workable definition. Moms and dads, take this definition, teach it to your kids, massage it, make it work for you as you understand Scripture to be, and see if that might help them to be uh, to, to, to ring the clarion call of endurance in their life. When they When people want to see endurance, they can look at your young person, your son, your daughter, and they can see it lived out. And here it is. Endurance is using the strength of God, not just my own ability to do it, whatever my mind can can conceive, I can achieve, using the strength of God inwardly, and underline that. It's an inward strength because you could be very frail in body and yet have tremendous endurance. So it's an inward strength to withstand adversity, not run from adversity and not deny adversity, but to withstand adversity, hardships, or stress in order to do something. And that is to accomplish God's will. That implies that we know God's will, which takes us into Scripture. It also implies that we do it according to His ability, not our ability. And so endurance is using the strength of God inwardly to withstand adversity, hardship, or stress in order to accomplish God's will. Now, I've tried to paint a picture of areas that you might be struggling with today. But I also would like to say this, that in a crowd this size and those that are listening on the radio, that there could very well be a group of people today that they look at their jobs and there's a great deal of security in your job. You just happen to be in that little niche job that might not be impacted so severely by this recession, depression, or whatever. You might look at yourself, and you just went to the doctor, and you've got a great report. Your kids are not in jail, and they're they're succeeding at school pretty well. Your friends are all right. The family high fives you at family reunions and luaus. And things are going real well. So you're sitting back and you're saying, why is he so charged up about this? I'm sure there are others and I hear about them, but not me. Do you know that you are one phone call away from something happening? You could get in your car right now and some drunk driver out of control can smack you and leave you paralyzed from the neck down. One misjudgment could change your life forever. And so perhaps for you, it's not to give you a healing in the area of I'm not enduring hardship, but to you, this could be filling up your vitamin container with spiritual truths to help you endure it when it does come. How is endurance illustrated in Scripture? And I'm going to give you two, and it's going to wrap around none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. And there are many people in the Bible who endured great things. Paul did. I could go through his list in 1 Corinthians 11, but... Right now, it's better to focus on none other than Christ because he is using himself and the writer of Hebrews as an illustration. So here's the example of Christ. If you have your pens ready, you might want to look at the top of your sheet and look at the verse because there's three verses there. But I'm going to have you mark it up so that perhaps you could see some truths just from this passage. So if I need an example, yes, I could use some great missionaries that didn't cave in. And I could look at men who've had wives that went AWOL on them physically. Or I could look at women who had husbands that have done that but stayed with their marital vows. I look at businessmen who started one business after the other. I could look at you teenagers and all the struggles you go through. But if there's one example that it's endearing... And a perfect example, it's none other than Christ. listen carefully. Why should I use Christ as my example? I believe there are two reasons. For one reason, he endured greater than any human being would ever endure any amount of affliction. All right, he endured it all. So he did it, therefore I can do it. Another reason is because it tells me to look at Christ and follow him as my example. And the beauty of it all is when I trust Christ as Savior, I'm a partaker of the very Christ that I'm to look to as an example of enduring hardship. So that means if He can do it, I can do it. And if He did it with joy, I can do it with joy. So we who are Christians, we got the best of all worlds because it's all right there in the person of Christ. Let's try to pick this apart without being here very long. It says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, it says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin. Would you put a number one by, because there'll be four things we can get just from this one passage. So lay aside. If I want to endure hardship, I want to come out of this thing without being discouraged. I don't want to be weary. It says here that I got to lay aside every weight and sin. Now we already know what a sin is. Sins are very clearly defined in scripture where God says, don't do it. We don't do it. Another sin could be where God says to do something and we don't do what God tells us to do. So we can call them sins of commission, sins of omission. Sometimes sometimes it's a sin of our heart. If we lust after a woman, we don't commit adultery with her physically, but we've done it in our heart. We hate somebody. We never murdered him, but we did it in our heart. That's a sin. And there's plenty of those. You know what they are. Usually they're under the umbrella of bitterness and greed and moral impurity. But it goes on and it talks about lay aside the weights. Now, a weight for me may not be a weight for you. A weight for me is anything that would keep my eye off of the lord and my proper motivation to do it for the glory of god with a full heart and so certain things can be weights for me and not for you the real issue is will you man up woman up boy up girl up and look at your life and to say is what i do do what i have in my life is it a weight is it not the very best for me it's not wrong but it's wrong for me because it's not keeping my focus on the lord so the first thing, if I want to make sure that I can endure, if those of you that feel like at the end of the day, you just want to cash in, you want to give up, the, what you want to look at right now is could you still be grabbing a hold of sin and weights in your life? Now, now stay with me. I don't want to get too mystical, but watch. The power of God that lives within me through the Holy Spirit wants to be unleashed to go through that challenge. But when I encumber that or put a wall between God and me, which is sin, then I have it potentially there, but I don't use it. If you look at the Christians who cheerfully endured hardship and they did it right, they had as much power as you have. You have as much power as they have. But they chose to flip the switch to use it. And how they did it is they had to deal with sin in their life. That doesn't mean they were perfect, but it did mean that when the the birds landed in their hair of sin, they didn't let the birds build a nest there. They dealt with it. So for me, if I'm starting to get discouraged, and I want to quit, and I want to give up, and I want to cash it all in, I want to go on a midlife crisis binge, the first thing I need to do is, is there sin in my life? Is there a weight I need to lay aside? It goes on to say, that so easily ensnares us Now, you can put the word in snare there, but I like the word easily, which means that it is so quick, which will get me discouraged.
0: You're listening to Make It Clear with the teaching of Dr. Stan Pons, founder of Make It Clear Ministries and president of Florida Bible College in beautiful Orlando, Florida.
2: FM, AM 950, The Word. And I'm glad you're there. And thank you no matter where you may be, whether you're at home listening to the radio or or the internet or your phone, or uh, whether you're uh, in your vehicle still. I thank you for letting us be a part of your day. I trust you have been blessed by Stan Pons and make it clear. It's a local Orlando ministry. You can find out more about it all online at thewordorlando.com. That's thewordorlando.com. Now, if you missed some of your favorite ministries uh, this morning, maybe a Turning Point or Chuck Swindoll, Insight for Living or maybe even uh, Dr. J. Vernon McGee this afternoon. Guess what? They're happening again tonight and each evening right here where faith comes by hearing. Tonight at 8.30 you can tune in and hear the repeat of Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Then at 9 we have Chuck Swindoll and Insight for Living, a repeat of this morning's uh, 8.30 a.m. broadcast. Tonight at 9.30, hop aboard the Bible Bus, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, and through the Bible Radio. Then at 10, Armored by Truth will be repeated for you tonight at 10. Then Philip DeCoursey will be in here at 10.30 for your drive at 5 at 10.30. <laughs> that is uh, Know the Truth. So keep it right here for some of the finest Bible teaching Repeat it again tonight, right here, where faith comes by hearing. We're 94.9 FM and AM 950, The Word. Next at 6.00. Charles Stanley and In
3: Touch. Did you know that the average family visits five websites before booking a vacation rental? With all this searching from site to site, it can take hours, if not days, to find the perfect place to stay. This is not the ideal way to start your vacation. Save time and money today by visiting Tripping.com, the world's largest vacation rental search engine. Vacation rentals are the perfect option for families, groups, and even solo travelers. They're more affordable than hotels, offer way more space, and come with perks like free Wi-Fi, parking, fully stocked kitchens, backyards, and hot tubs. And Tripping.com is the fastest and easiest way to find the perfect place for you. Simply type in your destination and Tripping.com shows you all available properties from the top vacation rental sites. So you can search and compare listings all in one place. Visit Tripping.com to find the best vacation rental for your family. That's T-R-I-P-P-I-N-G.com. To find a place to stay, go to Tripping.com today. This is
4: Dr. Dan Yachter, DC of Nutrimost. I'm here with my patient, Joe, who did amazing on our program. How much weight did you lose? I've lost 55 pounds now. Now, you were skeptical at first. How do you feel now after completing the program? I can't even describe it. It's it's, uh, it's just unbelievable. I never expected these kind of results. Never. So many people think quick weight loss involves crash diets. Joe, did you starve yourself on the program? I can honestly say with this diet, I did not have that hunger. And our program utilizes absolutely no exercise, no prepackaged foods, and no dangerous drugs or hormones. One last question, Joe. I understand you went to your physician lately and did some tests. How did that go? called me two days later and he said, okay, stop the lipitor. Your cholesterol is 99. And I said, all right, how about my blood sugar? He says he's 95. Want to be our next success story? Then call 407-915-3884 and take advantage of our 20-pound guarantee. Call 407-915-3884 or visit LoseWeightCentralFlorida.com. That's LoseWeightCentralFlorida.com.
5: Legal representation is often about personal values. Hello, I'm Karen Eastry, attorney. For probate, estate planning, divorce, adoption, guardianship, issues concerning children and the aged, call me at the law offices of Alper and Eastry at 407-869-0900. I am a lawyer who not only speaks for you, I share your values with the experience, energy, and enthusiasm to represent you effectively. My ultimate goal is to help you reach a satisfactory conclusion. To your legal problems, to find peace, and to be able to move on with your life, call me, Karen Eastry, at 407-869-0900, or visit my firm's website, altamontlaw.com. My office is conveniently located in Altamont Springs, close to I-4, so call today to make sure you have someone by your side. At 407-869-0900, Offices, Altamont Springs.
0: 4.9 FM and AM 950 Central Florida's WTLN Orlando The word where faith comes by hearing The following pro